Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Happy New Year from the NFL podcast. The Laces Out crew wish you all a Happy New Year. And here's the first Laces Out of the New Year. We've got a special guest in the form of Matthew Moore and very special guest predictions. Check it out to see what's going on there and see if you can get in on the guest predicting. Wherever you get in your podcasts, please do consider subscribing. Like, share, comment. All of it's great. All of it's wonderful. We appreciate everything that you do. So here we go. This is CookieCast. Laces out. Recording in progress. Indeedy doody. So here we are. First NFL podcast of 2022. Ooh, lovely stuff. I am here with the glamorous co-host who has absolutely the co-most. Paul Williams. Good evening, all. And our guest for this week, he's no stranger to podcasts, NFL football, or any type of football. It is, in fact, the host of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast, Mr. Matthew Moore. Hello to you, sir. Hello. So there we go. That's that. We're done. We're here. Um... I mean, we could get the podcast bingo out of the way, you know, straight off the bat if you like. Season's almost over, boys. Practically the Super Bowl. Yes, but this time when you say Andrew, it's literally true. Yes, it is literally true. As uh, not, so not like when you say it after the first week of the pre-season or something like that. I mean... It feels that way to me. It feels once that first snaps, God, it's like, oh, we're, we're, we're out of the Super Bowl, come on. Part, part of me would be tempted to hazard a guess that you might even say it when the last draft pick comes in, in, uh, you know, Mr. Irrelevant is named, and it's like, right, well, season's pretty much over. Season's basically over <laughs> at this point, isn't it? What can I say? It's a, it's a short season for one of the biggest sports in the world but hey I digress um, so let's get into it we've got uh, week 17 to review week 18 to preview and correct me if I'm wrong which I often are but the last week of regular season Heading off to playoff land, where uh, wins become losses. Wait, no, that's something else. That's the witch now. <laughs> Something's gone wrong. Um, so, where do you want to start? Well, it's nice to put a nice bow on the previous week's 
happenings, isn't it? So should we go through week 17's picks and therefore results? Do it. Um, obviously, week 17, so there was a lot of stuff that was tied up from a playoff perspective, but we'll come to that in due course. Um, as always, 16 games to pick from. We had uh, predictions from both myself and Andy. The guest predictions were picked up by uh, um, podcast podcast favourite, Mr Stuart Woodmansey. Um, and as we discussed from week 16, off-air, we'd received some predictions from a podcast listener. Um, uh, and, and, and that particular podcast listener was Mr Mark Wilkin who did very well with him, got 10 out of 16 for week 16's picks. And then he actually submitted some picks in time for us to broadcast on the air for week 17. So, four people picking. Out of the 16 games, in fourth place, with a very respectable 11 out of 16 picks correct, he's pointing at himself, and it is indeed Mr. Andrew Cook. I have had an absolute blinder season this season, I tell you. I have <laughs> shit out week in, week out. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you something. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to feel that missing out on only five five incorrect picks has been shitting out. It's not enough for a but, point. Um, sadly, Andrew, we did discuss this last week. You put some sort of blind faith in the Washington football team, which was ill-founded, as it turns out. Um, yeah. You were also let down by the Indianapolis Colts, the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Sadly. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately for Mr. Cook, he was only able to slot himself into fourth place. In third place, and second place, and indeed first place, joint finishes. We have a three-way tie for first position. Amazing. Uh, with twelve out of sixteen picks, it is both myself. Or sorry, not both. It is myself, Mister Stuart Woodmansey, and guest predictor Mister Mark Wilkin. Beautiful. So successful. Pats on the back and congratulations to everyone involved, apart from Andy, um, with their uh, successful pick of 12 of the 16 games correct. Um, I personally was let down by the Colts, the Chargers, the Cowboys and the Browns, um, whereas the Stuart Martin made the same predictions down by the Colts, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Cowboys. You say, did they predict the Chargers would win? They predicted that the Chargers... Oh, yeah. For some reason, I've put the Chargers down as a loss. I don't know why I've done that. Giving people out of points here. I am. <clears throat> Scratch that then. So we've got 13 out of 16 and 12 out of 16. Respectively, so you did even better, Andy. You only got four wrong, whereas we only got three wrong. So I do apologise. I've uh, I've done people out of points there. Um, but yes, it was it was a three way tie for first position. 
um, which for the overall season scores makes it something like this. Mr. Andrew Cook, two points for the season. Still a point to play for, so it could be more. The guest, six and a half points for the season. And now, with an unassailable two-point advantage, is Mr. Paul Williams with eight and a half points. Obviously, we'll work out some sort of week that the Week 18 picks are worth double points or something like that, so there is still a chance that I could lose. Um, but we'll see when it comes to it, and, and we'll just and we'll work it out from there. But yes, very well done to both Stu and Mark for uh, getting uh, only three wrong on the uh, on the Week 17 picks. Very well done. There we go. Week 17 picks done and dusted. So, we should probably talk week 17 stats. Now, unfortunately, um, this is the point in time where I need to brace people. I have looked ahead at the stats. Uh, the first stat is a whopper. And unfortunately, it it's a sad one, so you might want to brace yourself for that. Um, it, it, it's going to be the the Antonio Brown conversation, isn't it? It's not. Um, we have got Week 17 stats uh, brought to us by the Stats Mistress, brought to her by Nate Davis of USA Today. Davies, Davis, more than. Um, and I have shared amongst my brethren the stats so you don't have to listen to me talk too much unfortunately like i said the first one is a whopper here we go john madden has been almost universally beloved for decades but the outpouring following his december 28th death has underscored how much he will be missed despite the fact he'd largely retreated from public view since retiring from broadcasting a dozen years. And though Madden's eminence as a broadcaster and video game maven have defined him for recent generations, let's take a moment to remember just what a great coach he was. His .759 regular season winning percentage is the best ever among those who coached at least 100 NFL games. In 10 seasons, his Oakland Raiders never finished below .500, qualifying for postseason 8 times and won Super Bowl XI. The 1976 team, one of the greatest ever, going 16-1 and overall. Respect to John Madden. Um, obviously, I think every team did something out, uh, sort of out of respect at the start of every game. I know there was going to be a moment silence across the NFL at the start. That was widely advertised. Um, obviously... I am very much in the camp of uh, I was I was aware of John Madden's achievements, but I'm also, you know, well into the the football game, John Madden's football, and into the later, you know, just Madden, um, absolute legend, 
uh, will be will be widely remembered for years, I would imagine. Uh, number two, eventful Sunday afternoon in the AFC. The Tennessee Titans and Cincinnati Bengals winning division championships, while the Patriots and Buffalo Bills assured themselves post-season spots. Number three, shout out to the Titans, who maybe weren't exactly written off following running back Derek Henry's mid-season foot surgery, but certainly haven't been a front-burner topic ever since. Now the AFC South champs two years running, the Titans have also resurfaced as the conference's projected top seed and are expected to have their backfield king back for the playoffs. Count them out at your peril. Four, Sunday evening also brought the Green Bay Packers coronation as the NFC's number one seed for the second straight year their exile of the Vikings officially ushering the Philadelphia Eagles into the playoff field. There's that. Uh, Paul, I believe you are going to pick up some stats for us. Certainly can, Mr. Cook. Heading into week 18, however, the AFC's number one seed hangs in the balance as do the AFC East and NFC West crowns and three additional wildcard berths. The action kicks off with a Saturday doubleheader as the Chiefs visit the Broncos whilst the, he- the Eagles whilst the Eagles host the Cowboys. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Teams eliminated from playoff contention on Sunday included the Atlanta Fa- the Atlanta Falcons. The Cleveland Browns, the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins. It doesn't say this on the start. It doesn't say this on the start. But I'm just going to go with Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings, and everyone's favourite, the Washington Football Team. The trio of AFC teams were all sorry. The um, the trio of AFC teams were all bounced courtesy of the Los Angeles Chargers win against the Broncos. Shout out to the Las Vegas Raiders who have just about overcome a decade's worth of adversity this season. And following Sunday's defeat of the Colts in Indianapolis, the Silver and Black will host what's likely a de facto playoff game in Week 18 against the arch-rival Chargers. Congratulations to AFC North champions, the Cincinnati Bengals, and Joe Burrow. Credit also to rookie wide receiver Jamar Chase for his epic journey from LSU star to 2020 opt-out to 2021 first-round draft pick, the 2021 preseason bust, to possible 2021 offensive rookie of the year. Chase made quite a closing argument on Sunday, Piling up 266 yards, a rookie record, and three touchdowns receiving. His 1,429 receiving yards trumped the rookie record, 1,400 yards for the Super Bowl era, set just last year by former LSU teammate Justin Jefferson. And finally for me, was there ever a doubt Tom Brady would vanquish the New York Jets? I... Again. I... 
I, I kind of gave you this one on purpose because I, I can't imagine you would have anything to say about this one. <laughs> the New York Jets put on a show for much of Sunday's matchup, but TB12's 33 yard touchdown pass to Cyril Grayson with 15 seconds remaining allowed the NFC South champs to improve to 12 and 4. Brady is now 31-7 all-time against the Jets and is 9,059 passing yards against them in the regular season and the most for any quarterback against a single opponent in league history. I'll pass over to you, Mr Moore. Speaking of the GOAT and his opponent, uh, the quarterback, uh, Brady and Jets rookie Zach Wilson were both born on the 3rd of August. But 22 years apart, Brady, 44, and Wilson, 22, provided the largest age difference between starting quarterbacks in NFL history. And didn't they share that a lot on Sunday? They never mentioned it. What are you on about? <laughs> if Sunday was quarterback Russell Wilson's final game in Seattle, he gave the Seahawks one final fun memory. He threw at least four touchdown passes for the 17th time in his illustrious career as the Hawks gifted their, their 12s with a 51-29 blowout of the Detroit Lions in their last home game of the season. Congratulations uh, to, to, the, to San Francisco 49ers rookie Trey Lance, the final, the final first-round quarterback of, 20, of the 2021 draft to earn a win this season. Of course, Lance was making only his second start, while all of his peers have, have at least 10. In a stat that will pretty, pretty, well, pretty well sums up their season, the New York Giants finished with minus 10 passing yards on Sunday. Quarterback Mike Glennon throwing for 24, but losing 34 on four Chicago sacks. <laughs> I've got the uh, the dubious one here. Um, if you thought wide receiver Antonio Brown put an exclamation point on his career after last season when he earned his first Super Bowl ring, he almost certainly put a different kind of punctuation on his wild 12-year NFL ride now. Books coach Bruce Arians said that AB is no longer a book following Sunday's bizarre antics in including a veritable striptease as Brown left the field in the middle of the game. It would be shocking if this wasn't Brown's final meltdown as a member of the league. So, do we spend the next 45 minutes talking about this or what? Because I, I really want to try and get through this without mentioning the uh, the, the OJ Simpson uh the, the tweet and the ensuing comment section. Uh, we might have to gloss over that though, even though I really want to get into it because I'm still, I'm still. All I have to do is think about it, and I start crying, laughing. Um, so the story goes like this: Antonio Brown was allegedly bent. took offence let's say to being benched Mike Evans had apparently seen this and tried to 
calm the situation and Antonio Brown in what can only be described as true Antonio Brown's style and fashion went Fuck this shit! I'm out of here. Removed all clothing from the top half of his body. Did some uh, star jumps in the end zone and uh, left the game in the third quarter. To the, it was pointed out that the uh, the stadium security thought he was uh, a partial streaker and were prepared to tackle him to the ground before realising, no, it's just a crazy person. Um, on a serious note, uh, obviously there's been a lot come out off the back of this about Antonio Brown's mental health, uh, CTE, and everything in between. Um, I saw two post-match um, interviews. Um, the Bruce Arians one was literally just... He is no longer a book. Let's move on and talk about the players who actually won the game for us. Tom Brady's was a little bit more in the... We love him, we care for him, but he needs to get help. And he won't do that as a member of the Buccaneers. Um, at the end of the day, anybody that's suffering with mental health issues needs to get some sort of help, no matter what that is. And it's often mental health help that works for that person. Obviously, you have to take into account the added CTE and everything that goes with that. But I think... As it's said there and everything that's come out from the weekend, he 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 probably won't be seen in the NFL again. Uh, there was talk about who's desperate enough to pick him up for a for a six month contract or something, but uh, I I think he's probably burnt every possible bridge. Um, and at this point in time, he just needs to get he just needs to get some help. Um. I think it's difficult. It's a difficult one because the, I mean, the books haven't waived him today, and so kind of obviously that maybe cool heads have kind of prevailed and they've kind of gone. I can't see him playing for them again, but hopefully they'll help him. But obviously there's like conflicting kind of things because apparently he had what was it? I can't think. What it was. He needed another. Mm. Is it another another touchdown to get? It was. It was. It was crazy. He's missed. He's missed out on a million dollars worth of bonus for literally not walking back on the field. Well, it was. Was it something like he needed? It was. It was something like I think it was either eight or ten receptions. He needed yeah. fifty-nine yards. Was it one touchdown? One touchdown. Yeah. And yeah, eight or nine receptions, and each of those three things was worth. Three hundred thirty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars. Yeah, so it's kind of like it's like he's saying that they were they taking him out of the game when he wanted to go in, and then other people, are, you know, then they're saying, oh well, no, he said he was injured, so he took him out, and then they, oh, you know, it's like, oh, it's a very kind of confusing situation. And yeah, like we said, he just hopefully he can get the help. Now, hear me out. He needs. Hear me out. Okay. Fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. The books are down by two touchdowns. 
and all of a sudden, wait a minute, who's, who, who's this coming? Is that Antonio Brown? Doing the reverse. Suit, so he's got his glasses up. on, then he's doing his stuff. <laughs> it, the helmet's going on, but he's he's in the he's in he's in the line. Oh my god, he scored a touchdown! What is happening right now? Well, if he if he times it perfectly, what he could do is he could just be stood in like the tunnel, and as Brady's about to take the snap, he just runs from that sort of end zone and just basically carries on with his route. And just basically, sort of like, just catches it. In they're the about end zone. to, they're about to flow, throw the flag for not enough players on on the field when the snaps taken. But what is this? He's coming, he's coming, running down the side. Oh my god! It's Antonio Brown. It was a ploy all along. You know how Gronk's injured for uh, three quarters of the season, but then suddenly uh, playoff ready and uh, pulls in all those uh, touchdowns. Weird that isn't it? Because you know everybody forgets that Gronk exists when he's not playing. So yes, Antonio Brown. It would appear he is potentially done. Anything else from Week Seventeen? I think just a, just a quick kind of the pick up on the uh, obviously the Joe Burrow Jamar Chase thing. And then obviously Jamar Chase breaking Justin Jefferson's record. Strangely enough, LSU won the uh, college championship the year before Burrow and uh, Jefferson came into the league. I don't know whether that, you know, having the two best receivers of the past two rookie classes and probably one of the best QBs to come out of the one of the might have had something to do with the fact they won the LSU won the uh, the, the college championship, maybe. That's just ridiculous. But they, I believe they won that college championship against Trevor Lawrence's Clemson. Yeah. So, obviously, being in the being in the national championship game doesn't always um, put you down as a hallmark for great career success. Sadly, Trevor, um, all all the best for the next ten years in Jacksonville, my friend. <laughs> Can you imagine every time you have to get out of bed just like <sighs> Well but time to go and suck at a job that I have loved for many, many years. Yeah, but bear in mind, he probably he probably loses the first two hours of the day from sort of like, you know, washing, conditioning, blow drying and straightening his long luxurious locks. So his hair care routine alone must sort of like you know take the majority of his morning so it probably it's probably the silky smoothness that comes from all those tears he's just like I, either that or he just goes and dips it in the Everglades every morning it just gives it that <laughs> lovely sheen or something like that potentially anything else from week 17 then I believe it's time to move on. And all that can mean is it's time to talk week 18. The final week of regular season football. So, I know for a fact I sent Mr. Williams my picks. Weirdly, I know for a fact that Matt also sent his picks. Because I've seen them. 
So, any other guest predictions for this week? Or is it just just the three of us? I mean, that's, that's probably the least, the, the, the lesser of the successful songs. Just the three of us. Um, there are guest predictions for officially the second week in a row, but unofficially third week in a row, podcast listener and potentially viewer Mark Wilkin has thrown his hat into the ring. Absolutely fantastic. But not to tread on the toes of the, uh, the World Wrestling Entertainment boys, but for the first time ever, we have a husband and wife a predicting duo oh no not duo separate predictions to go against each other heads up so obviously this is mark this is wilkin glorious has been, mark wilkin has been on the podcast for a couple of weeks in a guest predictions per in a guest prediction role his wife Katie has now thrown her hat into the ring and has also given us her predictions for week 18. She's like, I'm tired of listening to you being wrong in the house. I now have to listen to you being wrong on this <laughs> podcast. It's time to sort both out. Let's get let's get these predictions up. Exactly. Done. Exactly. So we start week 18 with, as we covered in the stats, the two Saturday games, which is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos and the Den- uh, the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, across the board, everyone's gone for the Chiefs and then four out of the five of us have taken the Cowboys to take care of the Eagles. Katie must feel that the uh, the Cowboys are going to rest a couple of their starters as they're in the playoffs already and obviously can't get the number one seed. Um, so she has actually taken the Eagles to win that one. We then move on to the early slot uh, of Sunday games uh, with the Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Again, myself, Andy, Matt and Mark have all taken the Bengals to get the win, whereas Katie thinks the Browns will get the win on this one. Um, I'm presuming, again, the Bengals might rest a couple of starters. As um, Although saying that, they are in contention to get the number one seed, I think, if things go their way. So, um, might see a bit of an upset there. Uh, next up, we've got the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. Everyone's gone for the Packers. The Indianapolis Colts traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Um, same again. Me, Andy, Matt, Mark, all on the Colts. Katie's gone for the Jaguars to win this one. And I was, spoke, I was speaking to a Colts fan earlier, earlier today, and he said that they haven't won in Jacksonville for about six years. So not a happy hunting ground for the uh, for the Colts. So. Is it that they haven't won there since 2014? Could be. Could be. But bear in mind, there might have been one or two of those games that they might have played against the Jags in London as well. Potentially. So, um, that might factor into it as well. Uh, next up, we've got the Washington football team taking on the New York Giants. We're all on the uh, Washington football team for that one. Uh, next up, we've got the Bears taking on the Vikings. Um, the Gents are all on the Vikings, whereas Katie's taking the Bears to get the win in that one. It was probably going to be Matt Nagy's last game as the head coach of the Bears. 
potentially Mike Zimmer's last last game as a as a coach of the Vikings as well. To be fair. Um, Next up, we've got the Titans taking on the Texans. Obviously, if the Titans win, they will see they'll sort the number one seed in the AFC. Um, again, all the lads have taken the Titans, whereas Katie's taken the Texans to get a bit of an upset there. We've got the Steelers taking on the Ravens. Um, both myself and Katie have taken the Steelers to win this one, whereas Andy, Matt, and Mark have gone for the Ravens. Uh, 49ers at Rams. It's a clean sweep across the board. We've all taken the Rams to win and potentially knock out the Niners from the postseason. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, we've got the Panthers taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, again, the Gents are all in on the books, whereas Katie has picked the Panthers. I believe the tagline that went with it was something along the lines of, she can't stand Tom Brady. So, an understandable pick. Uh, we've got the Seahawks taking on the Cardinals. Gents are all in on the Cardinals. Katie's taking the Seahawks. Again, could potentially be Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll's last game um, for the uh, for the Seahawks. We'll have to see what happens there. We've got the Patriots at Miami to take on the Dolphins. Uh, myself, Andy, Matt and Katie have gone for the Patriots on this one. Mark has gone for the Dolphins to win. We've got the Saints at the Falcons. Uh, myself, Andy and Matt go for the Saints. Mark and Katie have both gone for the Falcons on that one. Um, two games left. We've got the Jets at the Bills. We've all taken the Bills. No great shock there. And then we've got basically game of the weekend, really. It's the win and in game in the AFC West. It is the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, on the predictions, we've all taken the charges, but Andy and Matt have actually managed to pick the exact same predictions for each of the games for all 16. So, we are going to have to take a very short interlude, but when we come back from that break, we're going to do a tiebreaker situation where, if required... It will determine whether Andy or Matt gets the point. So, have also, a think about I've got something here about that um, Colts-Jags thing and about another game and how they relate. So, we'll cover that as well. So We'll cover that indeed. So, <laughs> so in the break, have a quick think. I want to take a final score for that Chargers-Raiders game from you both. And obviously, whoever's closest in the term of overall points would get the tiebreaker in the event that you both tie. Okay. So we're going to go for a quick break. When we come back, we'll get that information from Mr. Moore and Mr. Cook. Back in a mo. Recording in progress. There we go. Back. In like Flynn. We're back. We're back. And I know what you're all thinking. And yes... We are all desperate to hear what we think Matt and Andy both think the final score in the Chargers-Raiders game is going to be. Now, I will just point out that obviously they both have picked the Chargers to win. However, that doesn't stop them from picking a, a point total that would, in, would involve the Raiders actually winning technically. If they wanted to do that, 
if you see what I mean. Hedge your bets. Exactly. So... It's like the, uh, the hedge of your bets. The, the, this is the prediction version of leaving your defence out of your fantasy team because you might lose a couple of Very much so, very much so. So we'll come to we'll go to Andy as it's alphabetical. It seems the fairest way. So Andy, what do you believe in the event of a tie? What do you think the final score in the Chargers Raiders game might be? I believe it will be thirty-nine to the Raiders, forty-one to the Chargers. Wow! Yeah. It's going to be an absolute doozy of a game. That's some, that is some hefty scoring. So, 41-39 in favour of the Chargers. Matt, are you uh, are you also thinking it's going to be a bit of a barn burner? Yeah. I've, I've got... I've, my, 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 honestly, this is, uh, I've gone 42-35 uh, to the Chargers. So, Andy's total is 80. Matt is 77. So, there's only three points in it. So, obviously, if it finishes 78 or 79, we've got a clear winner. So, um, excellent. Andrew, you had some stats about a couple of the games that you wanted to uh, drop on us. So, I saw this thing earlier. Right. The Colts play the Jaguars at 1pm Eastern Standard Time Sunday. The Chargers play the Raiders later that night. The winner of that game goes to the playoffs and the loser gets eliminated. But, if the Jaguars beat the Colts, the Chargers and Raiders could then both get into the playoffs with a tie. Meaning, Sunday night, both teams could simply agree to end their game in a tie and both would automatically make the playoffs. You might ask, how on earth would the Colts lose to the Jaguars in the first place? Keep in mind that the Colts haven't won a single game in Jacksonville since 2014. So obviously that's opened up a lot of questions around if they did decide to just take a tie at the end, whether that's ethically right or ethically wrong. Um, but yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And I was like, that's kind of kind of funny. So, what's the win and in situation? So. As we'd covered in the stats, the Packers already have the number one seed in the NFC. So, even if they get beaten by the Lions, they will not finish any lower than top seed. So, they've got the bye all sewn up. On the AFC side, so the Bengals have clinched and they've got the AFC North. The Chiefs have the AFC West. The Titans have the AFC South. The Bills and Patriots are both in the playoffs, but the 
Um, AFC North, uh, AFC East title is still to be decided. So, um, these are the clinching scenarios for all the other teams that are affected. So, Baltimore will clinch a, clinch a playoff berth with a Baltimore win plus a Chargers loss, a Colts loss, and a Dolphins loss or tie. Buffalo will clinch the AFC East with a win, a Patriots loss, or both games ending in a tie. So, this is where it starts to get a bit confusing. The Bengals will be the number one seed if they win, Tennessee loses, Kansas City loses, and New England loses or ties, or they win, Tennessee loses, Kansas City loses, and Buffalo win. Colts will clinch a playoff berth with a win for the Colts or a Chargers loss and a tie in the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game or a Chargers loss, a Pittsburgh loss and a Dolphins win. Good God, I didn't realise this went on as long as it did. The The Chiefs will take the number one seed if they win and the Tennessee Titans lose or tie or if they tie with the Broncos and the Tennessee Titans lose. The Raiders will be in if they win, or they tie and the Colts lose, as Andy stated before, or if the Colts lose and the Pittsburgh Steelers lose or tie. The Chargers, nice and simple, win or tie, and they are in. The Patriots will win. Will be the number one seed if they win. Buffalo loses or ties. Kansas City loses and Tennessee loses, or they'll just win the AFC East with a win and a Buffalo loss or tie, or a tie and Buffalo losing. Steelers, they need to win. They need the Colts to lose. And they need to hope the Chargers and Raiders game doesn't end in a tie. It's all getting a bit convoluted. Right, last one in the AFC. Titans. They will be the number one seed if they win. So, from a Titans perspective, win and they're the number one seed. They'll also get it if they tie and the Chiefs lose or tie. Or the Chiefs lose, the the Bengals lose or tie the Patriots lose or tie, or the Chiefs lose, the Bengals lose or tie, and the the Bills win. Good Christ. Uh, Do I have to do this again for the NFC? I do now. I've made a rod for my own back, haven't I? (laughs) Right. Packers, NFC, one seed, clinched. Cowboys, NFC East champions. Buccaneers, NFC South champions. Cardinals and Rams are both in, but the the division is still to be made, to be decided. The Eagles are also in. The Cardinals will clinch the NFC West if they win and the Rams lose. The Rams 
will clinch the NFC title if they win or tie or the Cardinals lose or tie. The Saints are in the playoffs if they win and the Niners lose. And then we just go to the Niners because that this is the only other scenario. The Niners are in the playoffs if they win or tie and the Saints lose or tie. Couldn't be simpler, eh? Couldn't I forgot be everything you've just said. <laughs> any simpler. So obviously the the actual positionings are obviously still up up sort of up for grabs and stuff like that, but obviously not for the Packers. But still a lot of teams can finish in the one to seven slot in yeah. the AFC. This late in the season as well. Bonkers. So that's week 17 put to bed, week 18 predicted. Does anybody have anything else to discuss before we go? I've got one quick one. We got it through on the wires. I think I've shared it with you guys already. They're, they're everyone's favourite, particularly Amy's favourite Washington football team have announced, and of course, of course they've done it this way, they have announced that they are going to announce the official new name of the Washington football team on the 2nd of February. And the final candidates for the name of the Washington football team are the Armada, Presidents, Brigade, Red Hawks, Commanders, Red Wolves, Defenders, and... The one we're all hoping and praying that they go with. The football team. Just stick with the football team. Uh, <laughs> so that, yeah. So we've got that to sit on the edge of our seat for a month and wait to see. Wait. I can't wait to wait for the 2nd of February to discover that the Washington football team have agreed that moving forward, they will be called, holds down banner, the Washington football team. Football. So yeah, just that, that was it. I just thought it kind of, you know, we could sit on the edge of our seats and wait for that. So is that Super Bowl week they're going to announce that? No, I think I think the Super... Because obviously because they've added the extra week to the season, I, I think the actual Super Bowl itself has actually been pushed back now. Yeah. So I don't think that's until the... Is it the 8th? Uh, let's have a look. Do, 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 six, well, it'll either be the 6th or the 13th. So... It's a wild card divisional NFC AFC championship. Should be the thirteenth of February. Thirteenth. And the sixth of February is Pro Bowl. The second of February, for some reason, is a Wednesday. Well, there you go. New name, new team. New, new. Right, gentlemen, thank you for joining me and taking these people through a sport from the other side of the pond. We will be back next week to talk the last week of the season and to prepare you and set you up for everything you need to know for the playoffs. Look out to see if your favourite team or what will be your new favourite team playoffs and beyond is in the playoffs 
Thank you very much, gentlemen, and I'll see you both again very soon. Bye. So there we go. What do you think to that? Season's nearly over. Playoffs are nearly upon us, and it'll soon be the Super Bowl. Uh, it's almost over, isn't it? What is over is this podcast, but you can uh, support the podcast by going to wherever you get your podcast and like, share, comment and subscribe. It really does mean a lot to us. It means you're a member of the Cookie Cast crew. That's it for this one. Big thanks to our guest predictors and our guest. We will uh, see you next time for more NFL football. Till then, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.